Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. Recently, Miss Colorado Kelly Johnson brought global attention to the nursing profession after the hosts of The View mocked her monologue about being a nurse during the talent competition of the Miss America pageant. A new book takes a look at a day in the life of a nurse, The Shift, One Nurse, 12 Hours, Four Patients' Lives. Teresa Brown is a clinical nurse, author, and columnist. Her work is regularly featured in the New York Times, CNN.com, and the American Journal of Nursing. I talked with her recently about the book. Yeah, I wanted to give people a sense of what nurses really do all day and how important we are to how patients do in the hospital because medical TV shows and a lot of books written by doctors, great though they are, tend to leave nurses out. And so the public doesn't get how big a deal we are to their well-being in the hospital And I really, really wanted to show that. And I got the idea that showing one full shift would capture both the breadth and the depth of a day, but it would also let readers meet some patients in a fair amount of detail because my patients are the bravest people I know. And it seemed like a great opportunity to have people who would read my book encounter them also. As you're probably aware, there's been a little bit of media attention about nursing as a profession. As yes. A career, with uh, some, some recent comments uh, made on The View, and there's been a, an entire outpouring of support, I think, at least through, through social media from what, I, what I've seen. Is there a common misunderstanding about who a nurse is and what a nurse does? Yes, and to give a little bit of context... The women of The View were mocking the Miss America pageant, and Kelly Johnson, Miss Colorado, who is a nurse, came out dressed in scrubs with a stethoscope around her neck, and for her talent, gave a monologue about being a nurse, told a true story about her job, and the women of The View made particular fun of her, and then one of them said, why is she wearing a doctor stethoscope around her neck? And that's really what got a lot of nurses seeing red, and in fact, I wrote a column about this for Slate, that often what we do just gets subsumed into what doctors do as if we're just sort of part of the work of doctors rather than our own independent professionals. The wonderful thing was on social media, all of a sudden nurses started tweeting and writing on Facebook about hey, I used my stethoscope today to listen to a sick child, or I used my stethoscope because someone had a heart arrhythmia. And a lot of people posted pictures yesterday of here I am in my stethoscope, including me. And it's really started a great conversation about how we are actually clinically trained professionals who have a very important clinical role and we want people to know that. Sort of tongue-in-cheek, my brother-in-law, who's, uh, who's an oncology nurse, said that if he sees a doctor in his unit with a stethoscope, he or she probably took it from one of the nurses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or borrowed it from, from, from one of the nurses. Uh, give us a uh, setup for the, bu- the book for us. I know you, you, you're looking at, uh, I think it says, uh, four, four patients' lives. Um, right. Just uh, pick something that you think would be representative to give listeners a, a, an idea of... of really what it's like. Yeah, well, so of course it starts with me at home, and then I ride my bike to work and get to the hospital. So first you've got this transition from being what I call a normal person with a life and kids, and then you go to this 
very, in some ways, strange world of the hospital where there's bright lights all the time and all these people in uniform. And the day starts with getting your sheets of paper that tell you who your patients are going to be. And I say that's analogous to getting a hand in a game of poker because until you pick them up, just like until you pick up your cards, you literally never know the hand that the day has dealt you. And that's where it all starts, getting a sense of who do I have today and what's going to be coming down the pike. So at the start of the book, I only have three patients instead of a standard load of four. And that's amazing because it means I can really spend a lot of time with all of them. It feels like an incredible bit of generosity. And then I find out I am getting a fourth patient, and it's a fourth patient who's well known to all of us as being very, very difficult and demanding. Her name is Candace. So it's how do I balance these people? I have one long-term patient, Dorothy, who's getting ready to go home. Another patient, Sheila, who I thought had one thing wrong with her and, in fact, had something completely different that's a lot more serious. Then Mr. Hampton, who's very frail, who's getting a very toxic drug. And Candace, who's obsessed with cleaning her room and needs everything to be one specific certain way, which I understand and empathize with, but takes up a lot of my time, and it's not always the most pressing thing, even though to her it is. So that's really the flavor of the book. How do I balance all these people, their different concerns, and then the people I work with who are interacting with my patients, making decisions about them, also seeing them. I wanted to ask you something. I know as a, as a journalist for many, many years, I thought I knew what I knew until I went into the classroom to teach journalism to other students. After writing the book and, and kind of analytically looking at what you do day in and, 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 and day out as you wanted to chronicle that for, for others, did that have an impact on how you approach what you do? Oh, definitely. The most important thing was writing this book, man, I had to dig really, really deep into why do I do this job? Because there's a lot of hard things about it, obviously, and I write about them. And I'm working with cancer patients. So there are a lot of things that happen that are very sad and very difficult. And I realized that is not what keeps me coming to work. (laughs) There's easier ways to make a living. So I pushed myself, and it's that sense of hope. I have hope to do good in the world, hope to, in a very concrete way, make someone's life so much better than it would have been by curing this terrible disease that they have. So that was wonderful to discover that. The other thing the book did was it really forced me to be inside my patient's head somewhat So especially with, say, Candace, the difficult patient, I really thought about what's motivating her. Why is she acting this way? And it made me realize how facile when we call someone a difficult patient that is because sometimes that's the patient who really knows what they need, and they're going to ask for it, and they're entitled to do that. We're just not always as flexible as we could be with people. So it gave me a lot more empathy for the people I take care of, which is great. These individuals, these patients, are, are many of them may know what they need and what's wrong with them, but many of them really don't. And many of them come into a situation 
where they're the maybe especially if they're in a cancer unit where this is if this is the first time that they're really trying to deal with this and they're struggling with so many things and they're so you know they're they're so unsure of what's going on around them and I think they they look at you and turn to you as 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 kind of part of that solid rock foundation something that they can they can grasp onto and as they're looking to try to make sense of what's going on around them. I think that's absolutely true and. I love that about the job. I love being in that in-between space where I'm connecting with the patient, but also everyone else taking care of them, especially physicians. Physicians often because they're rushed or because they don't think of it or they never learned how. They're not always good at explaining things to people, and they usually don't have time to really sit while people process bad news. And a lot of that falls to the nurses. It's a wonderful opportunity to be able to do that for someone. So I was looking at the book last night, and there is a moment in the book where Sheila, this patient who was misdiagnosed, gets some very bad news, and the physician, who's a great doctor, does not have time to sit and talk with her about it. And I realize the family needs someone they feel like they can trust who is going to be able to take the time to sit with them and say, here's what's up, and give them as much reassurance as possible. It's a beautiful part of our job when we're able to do that. And it still baffles me. And like I said, I have several family members that are in the profession, but it's still, I mean, I, I do long days in, in, in this job, but I can't, I mean, you're doing this day in and in, in day out. Uh, probably three or four days a week on 12-hour shifts, depending on, on, on your rotation. What is it that motivates you and those in your profession to put yourself into that kind of a, into that kind of a, of a work, willingly put yourself in that kind of a, of a, of a work schedule? Yeah, the 12 hours is hard, and it's somewhat controversial because there is data that shows mistakes tend to go up after 10 hours. Someone was just saying, well, at 12 hours, aren't you basically just running on fumes? And there is some truth to that. One thing that a lot of nurses like about it is it means you have long days off, but you have many more days, long days on, but many more days off. So it's a lifestyle thing. But in terms of clinically, what I like about it is that I know I'm going to have my patients basically the whole day from when they wake up almost till bedtime and so I don't have to worry about any balls being dropped every little detail that I've kept track of during the day I can keep that fresh in my mind and it's not necessarily that someone who came after me wouldn't be able to follow in my footsteps but there might be a lot of subtle things that I saw a conversation I had that didn't seem important at the time that wow, three hours later something else comes up and it actually is really important. And I love that. I love being able to hold their day in my hand and make it work the best that it possibly can. You kind of touched on it all throughout the, throughout the interview. But what do you hope that, that the, 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 the average listener or our listener takes away from, from the experiences that, that, that you write about? I would love for the average listener to understand how important nurses are to how patients do in the hospital and to understand how much we care about them. Nurses aren't in it for the money. We're in it for the job. We find the work important and 
inspiring. But I would also love it if people could take away some of that sense of hope that I discovered in myself when I was writing the book. That's Teresa Brown. She works as a clinical nurse in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and is a leading voice on health care as seen from the nurse's perspective. Her latest book is The Shift, One Nurse, 12 Hours, Four Patients' Lives. With this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.